and so we I was we were talking about Sylvia Marusic and I just brought up my phone here and uh, I told her today so I'm gonna interview Greg and uh, so I asked her if she would have a question to ask you so for Sylvia Marusic I'm gonna ask you this question um, what is the single most important self-care slash prevention thing that you do to keep yourself grounded? What a terrific question. It's Sylvia. <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, I wish I could suggest that I have some sort of magic recipe on my nightstand. The things that I you know, a checklist that I go through at the beginning of my day. And I, I suppose those things have become routine for me. But I think for the most part, it's just been gratefulness, David, just that I'm still here. I've got a beautiful family now. I mean, you used to work with my wife years ago. You know what a wonderful person she is. Yeah. We've got two beautiful twin boys. And um, because I've I've managed to, to get back to where I have, I have the power of perspective and I try and keep that perspective not too far away from me um, because I am a doing my dream job. Yeah. I was in Hamilton to cover the great cup. Yeah. Yeah. With the blue bombers shoulder to shoulder. I worked with Bob Irving all week long, did the same thing in 2019 back in Calgary. There's a whole story there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, perspective, I would say is just to, you know, to keep checking myself and to, and a, to allow myself to, uh, be, to be outside the moment a little bit to when you're sitting in the press box and you've got the now late Bob picking on one side of you and Bob Irving on the other side, it's okay to be excited about that. Yeah. And to remember what 15 or 16 year old Greg Mackling might've felt about that. Yeah. And also to, I, you know, I can remember visiting with a psychiatrist in uh, Calgary at the very, very height of, of one of my depressive episodes. Um, I'd driven to Vancouver to see my brother and <clears throat> the, really the goal of that trip was to not come back. And um, she said, I, I know I've just met you, Greg, and we've just spent you know, an hour, two hours together. But I think somehow, some way, this is going to end up being the best thing that ever happened to you. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if she said that to everyone who came through her office. I'm going to choose to believe that, that she kind of saved that for me. Um, but I try, to, I try to keep that perspective all the time that um, I'm in a place that I never, ever would have. Let me rephrase that. I'm in a place that I only dreamed of as a kid. And without going through every single thing that you've been through in life, you cannot be at this very moment. And so I'm not grateful for what I've been through. I'm grateful for how it's turned out and I'm grateful for what's happened as a result, even though I would, I would like to trade some of the bits and pieces. I know that's not possible. It's a, it's a package deal. And so 
when I'm in the middle of a radio show and I get one of those pickaxe headaches, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That might only last 30 seconds or 45 seconds. That's part of the deal. And at the end of the day, David, it's, it's a pretty good deal after all. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know uh, if that satisfies the uh, question or not. Well, I think it's, I think it's a good question because, and a good answer because we, we've been in this journey for a while and some of the stuff now has become routine in some ways. And people ask me sometimes, what do you do? I'm like, huh? Good question. What do I do? (laughs) You know, it, it trying to survive is something I do every single day. Uh, I was on a, I was in a networking thing recently and somebody said, what are you grateful for? And I said, life. And the person thought that was just the stupidest answer ever. You know, like, really? Come on. Can't you be more specific? And I'm like, no. I, I, I really can't like, uh, no. And I get up in the morning, that gratitude for life is something I've worked with all the time. I like to, to be able to see my family because there was a point where, I mean, I should have been a vegetable if I survived at all, you know? Yeah. So to me, it was, it, it's been that simple and that complicated that I'm thankful for life. And sometimes it's been easy to wish for the alternative or not to deal with life. But I get these opportunities to have memories with people around me, with my family. Um, I, I wouldn't, and and one thing that one thing that really uh, stood out to me one time that made a big difference to me was my family people that know me and still love me, they would rather have me today with my faults and with the things I have to deal with than to be visiting me in a cemetery somewhere. You know, because I found found my family, like my kids, my grandkids, my wife, to be far more supportive than I deserve. And it, well, it would, see that, that that that's that's the old that's 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 the new you sneaking in though, right? <laughs> that you deserve, and we gotta quit doing that. I, yeah. Anybody, um, anybody who's going through trials and tribulations, we tend to do that. We tend to um, tag it with first world problems. Yeah. Compared to somebody else, it's not that bad. Yeah. You can't look at it that way because um, if you don't put an importance on what you're dealing with, it's easy to put it on the shelf. And then it's a form of procrastination in my mind because you ultimately are going to have to deal with all those little things that don't Mm -hmm. feel very big. And it's going to be a lot more difficult to unpack them all at once as opposed to dealing with those things. So you do deserve um, the patience that your family gives you 
or the grief that they give you when you lose your patience. Um, cause I still have those times, man, where, um, all of a sudden be a real jerk. Yeah. I lose my patience, uh, either in traffic or in the house when my kids don't listen to me or, or when things are kind of going sideways and man, oh man. The fact that those things still happen, it's tough to comprehend. But um, the why is important, right? Yeah. Not an excuse, but a reason. You know, I don't think you and I are excuse guys, but reasons. And if you can share with your wife, I don't know why I just snapped at you. There was no good reason. But here's, yeah. here's, here's probably why. I didn't get enough sleep last night or I've got something else sitting on my shoulder, something else that I haven't dealt with. And that's my next challenge now is um, the procrastination stuff, all the stuff that builds up. Right. Um, cause, cause you're still not strong enough to, to deal with, you know, organization is still not my best friend. So I try and give myself a little bit of a break on that, but eventually it will catch up to me. So I've got to work on that. So that's on the list of things to, to work on. I didn't mean to derail all that. I, I learned so much talking to you, Greg. <laughs> I, oh man, you truly are a brother from another mother. Yeah, right back at you, man. We have gone through so much stuff and I, I know it, it, there's one nice thing here. I know the heart you have and how huge it is for other people. And that is something that has always impressed me with you. And I like to think I have heart for others as well. Oh, I know you And do. And I, uh, I love seeing that in you and seeing the heart you have for other people and the love. Yeah, the love. Listen, when you go, when you go to the other side, when you go to, you know, I won't say death's door, but you're in the neighborhood, you're on the street and you're seeking out death's front step either uh, on your own or, or through the actions that have been, you know, the hand that's been dealt. Uh, that perspective is super powerful. And um, when you say, you know, life, what are you thankful for? Life? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a gift. Every, every single day, it's a gift. Yeah. Because it was something that we we were prepared to we were prepared to hand in our our roster spot. Yep. We were going to be cut from the team. We were prepared to cut ourselves from the team. Cut. Yes. Yep. And um, listen, there are a lot of strong, strong people in this world that um, deal with stuff that we can never imagine. They come from backgrounds that we can't comprehend. Um, we look at a guy like Anthony Bourdain, who might have had the greatest job in the world from the perspective of millions of people. And then, you know, and then people ask, well, you know, why would he do that? Well, fuck. <laughs> he didn't do it. He didn't take his own life. Um, because he had that perspective. He'd lost that 
power of perspective it, and it wasn't strong enough yeah. any longer because it was probably exhausting to keep holding up this charade of the happy-go-lucky as honest and open as he was with about his addictions as his life and how he lived it it gets exhausting after a while and that's and that's the and that's the one thing i urge people to sort of be careful of I can remember before my accident, I had a, gr- a wonderful boss taught me a lot of stuff in the sales world. He, he says, you know, you're, you're an up guy. He says, you're, you're the, always the up guy. He says, that's gotta be exhausting sometimes. And that's pre, that's pre brain injury. That's pre all this other yeah. stuff that's gone on. And you know, and he was right, you know, even pre. So now it, it, it it's difficult. So I want to, hopefully it's genuine when I'm, you know, when I'm doing it, because it is, it is exhausting. And so uh, realizing when maybe when things could be going wrong, that's a, that's a big key, right? Is knowing the the cues, you know, you said to me before we came on the air uh, and we started recording here, "Eh, fall can be, and this time of year can be a little bit tough for me. Wait, man, you know that, Yeah, you know, you got to guard against that sometimes. Uh, you know, I've learned alcohol is not my friend. I used to like to partake quite a bit back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but for me, having eight or nine drinks on a Saturday night, uh, sitting around the campfire, ah, the idea that's fabulous. Uh, but what bring what comes Sunday? Not fun for me. Yeah. Not fun for me. So I shy away from that. Four or five times a year, I might go. Ah, I'm willing to live with the with what comes. So knowing your own triggers, knowing your own, uh, your, your own, um, sinkholes, your own quicksand that, that, that's critical, I think. And and monitoring yourself for that. Right. And giving yourself permission. Once again, it's a reason, not an excuse. Yeah. That's, that's something I try to work with all the time with other people is understand where you're at and be honest with yourself. Yep. You know, be honest with what's actually going on and research, you know, find out what's going on and then you have to work with it. That's part of my how program, right? Honesty about yourself, open to learning, open to finding out all the things that are good and bad and what triggers you, what doesn't, what helps, and then put it all to work. And that's the part where a lot of us, a lot of people fall down because they like the attention, maybe. But they don't always want to put in the hard work. It is hard work. It is hard work.